I am Plata on the line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. Jeremiah Hayes joins me now. His new film, which he directed, wrote, co-produced, shot, and edited, Dear Audrey, is currently available for streaming as part of the Doxa Documentary Film Festival. You have until this Saturday, the 15th of May, to get tickets and stream it online. The film follows the filmmaker Martin Duckworth as he narrates his own life story to Jeremiah's camera, as it also chronicles his caring of his wife, the photographer and artist Audrey Shermer, after her diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease. Duckworth is also caring uh, for an adult daughter who has autism. His commitment and love for both comes through as we see him navigate daily life in and around his Montreal home. I'll ask Jeremiah about Duckworth's work as a filmmaker, which he reveals over the course of the film. I'll ask him about the various techniques he as a filmmaker employs, like animation in telling the story. The film is uh, very moving. I enjoyed it a lot and bawled a couple of times. While we uh, all wish for ourselves to be loved and cared for, you see in the movie, hopefully learn from Duckworth as to how to love and care for another person. Jeremiah Hayes is an award-winning film director, writer, and editor. He received the Gemini Award in 2010 for co-directing the uh, documentary Real Engine, which uh, won uh, other awards, including a Peabody. He received a Canadian Screen Award for editing the 2017 award-winning documentary Rumble, The Indians Who Rock the World. The website, dearaudrey.ca, will have information on how to see the movie, as well as uh, uh, has resources on Alzheimer's, video clips, as well as Audrey Shermer's uh, photos. I spoke to Jeremiah last week just before a theatrical screening of the film as part of DOXA. Uh, it is a Cineflex Media and National Film Board of Canada co-production. Please uh, welcome to the Plant Online program, Jeremiah Hayes. Mr. Hayes, good morning. Morning. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. As I was telling you just before we started how much I enjoyed the film, let's begin with Martin Duckworth. Um, when, when did you first meet him? I met him in 1991. Mm-hmm. Um, after graduating from film school, it, I, it was my first job uh, at the National Film Board of Canada. So it was my first job after film school, and I was assistant editor on a film he was directing called Peacekeeper at War. And so, uh, yeah, I met him in 91, and we kept in touch ever since. But uh, we started filming Dear Audrey in 2016. I see. And that, um, that's when we really became close friends. I see. And for people listening to us, as a filmmaker, as a cinematographer, how is Duckworth's work being viewed? Well, he's very respected in Canada, and uh, he's very well-known, especially in Quebec and in uh-huh. Montreal. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's done 30 films as a director and 100 films as a cameraman. I see. So he's quite prolific. Um, you, you have the, the marvelous gift in the film of um, working with such great visuals. I mean, uh, his own films, her photos, home movies as well. Um, they, they add so much to the, 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 the beautiful work that, that uh, you shot uh, yourself. Um, in terms of... of um, the, the his films that's, uh, that 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 uh, we see in 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 your movie, did he have a say as to how you would use those films? Say, no, he was amazingly uh, open to whatever I wanted to do, and I think it's partly because he's a filmmaker and he mm. he respects the creative process. But um, basically, what I would do, I would 
I shot everything. It took me four years to shoot. And then I started editing on my own. And I, whenever I would have some scenes set ready, I would show it to him first. Because I wanted him to uh, put a stamp of approval, make sure I wasn't getting anything wrong, mm-hmm. or if I was, there was nothing embarrassing moments that he didn't want to show public. But uh, basically, everything was okay. Like, I was surprised. I can't think of anything offhand that he asked me to take out or change. Um, so, yeah, the, the, that's a marvelous thing of the film is that you take us into these these, these terribly intimate moments, um, not just uh, both uh, Duckworth and, and, and Audrey, obviously, as they're, they're going through life and, and she's uh, contending with Alzheimer's, but even when you're talking to him about things in his past or, or things that have happened to him, um, it, it's such a, uh, I mean, he bears himself literally, uh, to your camera. Yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering how do you, how do you, uh, develop that sort of, of, um, a relationship with, with a subject and to, so that they can do that on film, especially. Well, I think it's partly Martin's character. He's an incredibly authentic, open and kind man. Um, but we did, uh, develop a, both bond and friendship throughout the filmmaking process. Um, so I would go over there, um, just me and the camera, no crew, and I wanted it to be uh, as small a footprint as a filmmaker as possible so that I would be able to get those moments um, because I find sometimes when you have a lot of crew and equipment around, mm. it, it can impede on getting the moment and the intimacy. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of how I approached it, is to really film it like I was filming a home movie and not really worry about the technical side of things. Um, That being said, I did buy a camera that is very good in low light Mm -hmm. and uh, very small, but it has, at the same time, very high-quality professional camera. So uh, it was able to to do a lot... um, in the circumstances in his apartment, which is often dark, and I didn't need to set up lights. So that's another thing that allowed me the freedom to just follow the moment and not worry about the technical side of things. Mm. There's some beautiful shots um, near the beginning of the film where um, Martin's playing at the at the piano and, and Audrey's <laughs> listening, and, and uh, you have your camera pointed at her. Um, mm. It... it um, I don't know where she was in 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 the progression of of Alzheimer's. Was she looking at you, or was she looking at the camera? She was looking at me. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was, I think, maybe two or three years after her diagnosis. But it was the first film scene I filmed with Martin and Audrey. And um, originally, I had asked Martin if I could make a film about his life and him caring for Audrey, but he said no because he thought, well, my life, I have nothing really important to say about my life. But <laughs> wow. I, I said, yeah, I know. But I, I said, well, can I just film that one scene? Because yeah. I heard that he plays piano to help her sleep mm. at night. And so he said yes, and then, yeah, it went well after that. It was I, I filmed maybe once or twice a month for the next four years in the scene uh, that I've just described, for people listening to us, um, she's listening to him play, and um, she's uh, smiling at you, and yeah. she's enjoying being in that moment. Um, 
and her her smile is is just so uh, so infectious and 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 just yeah. lovely, and it, it it captures so much of who she was or is. Yeah. And and yeah. I just think it's just a wonderful um, wonderful way to introduce us to her, especially. Yeah, she was like that, and uh, you know, Martin at one point in the film talks about how he goes to a, a group therapy. Mm-hmm. A session for for spouses who of people who have Alzheimer's, and he said that everyone else in the group complained that their their partner is uh, difficult and and uh, irritable, which is common yeah. but not a rule when it comes to people with Alzheimer's. And Audrey never had that mm. uh, for whatever reason, you know. And uh, she was always just very kind and sweet and. Um, yeah, just a lovely, a lovely person. Um, uh, by the way, um, the animation that that you uh, employ in the film did uh, did um, Duckworth see that before? Like, I mean, like uh, I, I'm thinking of the the depiction of the car crash, for example. Um, did he see that before it ended up in the film? And did, did he tell you, that, well, yeah, that's accurate or not? Or no, uh, because uh, but he. He, I, whenever I show had a frame like a like a, a bit of a yeah. animation because animation is really complicated to produce and time consuming, so I did show him things when I had a rough draft, mm. and he was very happy with everything. I, I had to tell him that it, you know this is not reality because um, the animation was meant to be a diversion from reality, mm. sort of a dreamlike acid trip sequence that periodically dropped throughout the film. And the, the intention was to really contrast with the rest of the film in style and mood. And so, um, yeah, that's why it was, uh, I think he understood that it wasn't, it wasn't meant to be accurate um, in terms of what actually happened. But, uh, yeah, he was always very happy with the animation. Yeah. It's it's quite... Um uh, moving to watch, you know. I'm thinking of the scene in the doorway, for example. Um, yeah. It, it um, adds so much to um, them telling us, or him telling yeah. us about the the situation itself, because it it adds something to to his voice, to his story. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a memory. Yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, I felt it was. I really wanted to do animation, but I wasn't sure we could afford it because it was it's just so expensive. I'll bet, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, um, we were, we managed to get a great animator named Josh Charette, and he just he gave his heart and soul to the project and did it for less, and so it, we really were lucky uh, to have that team um, behind us. And so, you know, I... The process was it took about a year to get it all done, and uh-huh. it involved filming actors and doing rotoscoping, which you, you take an actor and you draw frame by frame, like video footage, draw frame by frame over it. Oh, really? But he also we we would splice the the actors. The actors would be filmed like in a blank room, uh-huh. and then we would cut them into a 3D animated world. Because in 3D, you can change things and move things around and add a chair or whatever you wanted to mm-hmm. add yeah. very cheap and easily. 
then once we're happy with the entire shot or the entire animation, we would give it to an artist. And then the, an artist would draw frame by frame uh, to bring it back down to 2D and make it very, we wanted the very you know, black and white charcoal hand-drawn look to be really down to earth and gritty. That's fascinating because I, I, I just assumed that, you know, it was somebody drawing. I had no idea oh, yeah. that the, the various elements were part of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that whole process partly was to save time uh-huh. and money. Yeah. But in my in my case, it was very good as a director to say, to to be have the freedom to approve things at every step. Because if it was just drawn frame by frame from the beginning, once, say, five seconds, shot was drawn, yeah. it would be very hard to change anything. Mm. But if we could do it in through in in real life with actors and then change it again in three D, we can make lots of adjustments. Then give it to the artist to draw only after everything is locked and very approved. <laughs> you know? yeah. So well, it adds to, to, to how remarkable the, the film is. Um, it's it, his is such a fascinating, fascinating life. Hers is as well. There's so many yeah. stories in your film, but at the heart of the film um, is the, the the culmination of these 46 years together and and him caring for her. Um, as I was watching the film, uh, Jeremiah, I, I thought to myself, you know, this is what we'd like for ourselves to be cared for or to care for somebody else. Exactly. In in that situation, but not a lot of us do that. And and so when when you uh, film when you when you set out to make the film, um, w- was there a part of you that wanted to depict this part of of um, love essentially? Yeah, you know, I knew that um, the film had a lot going for it in the sense that it had we could draw from Martin and Audrey's life and which is quite epic and mm-hmm. their art and all the things they've sure, done yeah. um, but at the at its heart the film is a love story and I wanted that to come across and um, just the way Martin talks about Audrey is uh, I find very moving yeah. and um, yeah I think that that that's what it is as it kind of builds and builds to that to the end, and then you really feel it. I think at the end that it's a real love story, and it's it's been a hard life, but it, it, it um, Martin has stayed true to his love and his his values um, throughout his life. You know, and I, I think that that's sort of a uh, an example to live by. Uh, for me, anyway, I always see it that yeah, way. Yeah. He says at the beginning of the film um, that um, it was almost like a no-brainer for him to do this, to care for her um, as, yeah. as she was going through Alzheimer's because of everything that she'd done for him and their marriage um, before. And yeah. um, I, I, that was one of the moments that early on as I was watching the film where I was incredibly moved by him. And then you explained to us um, as we move on in in the early part of the film about his his childhood, say his background, um, mm-hmm. the story about his dad trudging through the snowstorm to go see him in the hospital. I think you know that that forms a, a lot of who he is, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. That scene, especially in the in the snow, he says, uh, you know, his father said that the snowstorm was an omen in a way to that foreshadow that he's going to have yeah. a rough life. Yeah. 
so I, I thought that was an important scene to put up early to sort of like, you know, lay a, a, a clue to what's to come, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and... Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, it's, um, he talks about his mother as well, um, who, who was a significant person in, in, in history, to, to say the least, um, uh, who, who, I guess, instills values in him that he carries today, doesn't he? Yeah. You know, he, his mother and his father um, were huge influences in his life. Um, and Muriel Duckworth is very well known as a peace activist. Mm-hmm especially in the, the anti-nuke movement of the 80s. Yeah. And so he has a lot of respect for women in general, I think, because of his mom and Audrey. And, uh, yeah, it shows the film. Yeah. There's so, so many beautiful scenes in the film. I was just telling you before we started, um, the scene where they go get a bird for the house. Right. And, and um, uh, their daughter, Jacqueline, um, is, is supposed, supposed to, the, the bird's supposed to go in the cage, I guess, but it doesn't, and it flies around the house. It's such a beautiful scene, um, and, and you see them as a family, the three of them together. Um, I was incredibly moved by that. I was also moved by the, the, the scene where um, Jacqueline presents the, the book of photos to uh, her brother uh, on his birthday. And, and uh, the thing I noticed as I was watching the film, too, is, is that the only voice we really hear in the film, other than Jacqueline's, is Martin's. Um, was that deliberate? I mean, did you, did you seek to talk to other members of the family, say? Yeah, it was kind of deliberate. I, I wanted it to be kind of a monologue with Martin's voice tying the film together. Mm. I felt that that would really bond the film, like be the glue of the film, and so that it would be just one voice coming through. And, and early on, I realized that um, the three main characters had to be Martin, Jacqueline, and Audrey. Yeah, and I I did try to interview Audrey and get her to talk, but I, by the time I was filming, it, her illness had progressed to the point where she really couldn't um, talk mm-hmm. very much. You know, it would be a word here, a word there. Um, but you know, yeah, that's where I thought again, trying to simplify things and not make a film that was a little too scattered with too many characters. I thought I'd just focus as much as possible on Jacqueline, Martin, and Audrey. Um, tension between them. And, yeah, yeah. It, because there is that. For people listening to us, there, there is there's obviously great love, affection, care, um, mm. but but there is there is tension from time to time, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, the thing is that um, Jacqueline, who has autism, mm-hmm. lives in a, a group home a couple hours north of Montreal, and she... Um, there was a point when Audrey had to be moved to a special home for people with Alzheimer's. Yeah. Uh, Jacqueline just decided to cut herself off from Audrey. She couldn't deal with it. It was too hard. Mm. And so, um, But then at that point, Audrey started asking where Jacqueline. She wanted to see Jacqueline mm-hmm. and her, to get her to come to the home. And Jacqueline wouldn't, wouldn't come. So luckily, Jacqueline had great at group home, uh-huh. and Martin also uh, arranged a meeting with Jacqueline and Audrey just to resolve the situation. Yeah, yeah. We, we see it in your film, uh, yeah. Martin and, and uh, Jacqueline talking and sharing their feelings. I mean, it's, it's such a, mm-hmm. a powerful dialogue between them. 
um, yeah. and an important discussion that, that I think a lot of people will learn from, I think. Yeah. And No, it, yeah. Just great care and affection that you see, even though they're sitting for far from, apart from one another. Um, you're seeing yeah. two adults talk to one another about things that they need to talk about, right? Yeah, and they're really opening up and um, digging deep and, you know, uh, you know, that scene uh, was something where, that um, I kind of set up. I asked them to talk about it. And I find that you, when you're filming and you ask some people to talk about things, um, what might feel like you're, you're setting up and is going to be staged, but it evolves into something real. Yeah. And it always ends up that way, or most of the time anyway. So, um, yeah, it was one of the more touching scenes in the film. One of the the great things that you do in the film is is and I, I see the work that you do as as a filmmaker as a person really is is the great care that you take in terms of um, showing us these terribly intimate moments of of, 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 of a life a family's life uh, without seeming to be intrusive. I mean, I guess that was foremost in your mind as you were making the film, right? Yeah, um, I was really, like I'm saying, trying to be invisible in the room and and as a filmmaker and not have my presence felt um, either in the room while I was filming or in the editing. Mm. And, um, and we get very sensitive to what was going on and if, if um, you know, if it was a, a moment that I should stop filming or keep going or, you know, or help out. And so, <clears throat> yeah, so it's, it's about being aware and sensitive to the moment and, being yeah. caring for the people you're you're filming, you know. Indeed, indeed. Did did you uh, uh, try to make a film the way that he would have made it? Say. No, you know he's very easy and open. Like I said, I was showing him bits and pieces as I was filming, uh, as I was editing or filming, and um, yeah, you know, all in all, I was very lucky make a film that I had uh, really complete creative control, both from the producers who helped fund the film and, uh -huh. and from Martin. So uh, it was really, you know, as an I work a lot of it as an editor, and you don't always have creative control. You, you work as a team and things have to uh, be changed. Uh -huh. But, um, you know, it really worked out well. There was one scene that he wanted in, and I didn't want it in. Yeah. It's a scene that ended up on the website, and um, we I did a um, a little uh, just a little video on the website about a film that Martin and Audrey made together uh -huh. called uh, No More Hiroshima, oh, yeah. and yeah. I just thought like, that it was would make the film too long, and uh, it, it would have ended up in a part of the film where I didn't want to go back into the historical moments anymore. Mm. Right. And so, as a compromise, I put it on the website, and I'm trying to get people to watch it there. But um, yeah, that was the only thing that I think Martin uh, wanted in the film that uh, I didn't put in the film. So, so people, so people can go to dearaudrey.ca. It's it's a great website. There, there are marvelous okay. resources as well there that that you link to in terms of Alzheimer's. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, so, other than in the, that part of the the the, the, the film, um, uh, what has he thought of it? Oh yeah, he really loves the film. Yeah, yeah. 
we talk about it all, a lot. And he's been coming to uh, festivals with me. Oh, really? And uh, we do the Q&A afterwards. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, I think uh, he, he appreciates the film. He, uh, there's a, another thing. His, one of his da- daughters at one point wanted to be in the film, but uh, he, we couldn't put her in because it, she had told me that she didn't want to be in the film, and then it, the film was finished. Uh, we uh, we couldn't put her in because uh-huh. it was too late. Right. But but so he feels bad about that. But you know, um, yeah. Apart from that, he, he just finds it a beautiful film. Yeah, it is. It is a beautiful film. It, it also makes us want to see some of, some of his work again. Um, yeah. How available is that in, in in Canada in terms of say if you want to go to the public library, could you get his films or the the, the NFB website say? The, the NFB website has a good number of his films, and um, on the Dear Audrey website, uh-huh. there's a page there that you can watch, you can link to all the films that are on the NFB website, and then there are a few others that are not associated with the NFB. So you, the Dear Audrey website has sort of the, a page that you can find all of them that are available online in one so you can scroll through all his films that are available online there. It's a great, it's a great yeah. resource, as I said. Um, uh, Jeremiah, this this film uh, touches the heart uh, um, uh, so deeply, if you will, as one watches it. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who has made the film, um, what, what are your thoughts about, say, um, this journey of life that we're all on and, you know, once we get to the end and, and I mean, did you, did you learn something about yourself that you didn't know before? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I found that, you know, learning how Martin lives and Audrey lives is their life where they live true to their um, beliefs and they don't compromise that in any way. Yeah. Uh, that's really inspirational for me. And it's, it's sort of uh it's a lesson, you know, I learn every once in a while, mm-hmm. you know, where when a parent dies or something, you realize, oh, I have to uh, be more, uh, understand how life is precious and be careful of my choices and live for the now. And I think that that's one of the things I got out from the film and working with Martin. And, you know, it's, I, I think that that, I hope people get that out of the film as well. Um essentially living for the present and understanding that life is precious. And, um, you know, yeah. take care of the friends and family around you. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. It's such a gift uh, uh, to watch because there's so many things to, to get out of it. Uh, by the way, the, the house itself um, uh, is such a, such a character in, in, in the, yeah. the film. Uh, um, it, it doesn't seem like a very big space. And so um, I guess that's why it was probably easy for you to, to, to bring a, a small camera in to work there. Um, what is that room like, or what is that house like in terms of, of um, where he lives or where they live? Yeah, I really wanted to develop the house as a character in a way and to build it that way throughout the film. And so, yeah, he lives in a very uh, typical Montreal apartment which most of uh, the apartments in my neighborhood have crooked floors because they're built on 
uh, faulty foundations. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, um, he still lives there, and he promises to live there for the rest of his life. Uh-huh. And uh, so, yeah, um, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a house with a lot of charm and character. You know, if you walk in there, there's still the Christmas and or birthday party yeah. decorations on the walls, yeah. um, which I thought was, you know, that's just how Martin lives. You know, he uh, it's all about family and and the children in his life. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, a, a mar- marvelous. Uh, place to look at i'm not one of these people yeah. that watches these house shows on tv but um oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I i so enjoyed looking at his house and seeing the books on the the, the, the beautiful right. shelves and and the, the the piano that's filled with stuff on top of it yet you know sounds great when he plays and the kitchen where, where they, they're both puttering puttering around and, and you know getting right. lunch together it, it, it's such a um yeah as you said it's such a character itself that it, yeah, it's just okay. enjoyable to watch yeah, and I thought that, you know, like there's a scene at the very end of the film where we're showing sort of still life of the apartment. Mm. And the, and I thought, like, that would be, that sort of wraps up the, this this character, the house character yeah. for the film, where we even show, like, a, an empty bird cage. The birds are not there anymore. Mm-hmm. And the ping-pong paddles that are not being used anymore. And Martin's alone, there's no... There's no more dog or Audrey or Jacqueline. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, that sort of that kind of theme to me is a way to tie up the the film and and the character of the house. Are you working on another film now, Jeremiah? Um, a film of my own. I'm puttering around with some ideas, uh, but now I'm uh, working as an editor on a film called uh, War on Science it's for the. Uh, CDC. It's an hour and a half or two-hour documentary about the uh, uh, war on science, where people, where the, the idea of um, anti-vaccine or mm. uh, that kind of the history of that, that yeah. uh, psychology of why people are uh, rejecting science these days. Well, I will wait for that. I'm a, I've become a fan of your work through oh, Dear yeah. Audrey. Okay. And um, I, I mean, I, I worried about uh, uh, talking to you today because I was going to come to our interview with just a list of, of everything I liked about the movie, and we were going to talk about that for half an hour. But um, <laughs> hopefully we've we've given enough for people listening to, 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 to um, want to see the film because it is a film that people deserve to see. So uh, congratulations, uh, Jeremiah, okay. on it, and continue good luck with it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Real pleasure. The website for more is at dearaudrey.ca. The film is called Dear Audrey, and uh, it is uh, streaming as part of the Doxa Documentary Film Festival uh, until this Sunday, the 15th of May. Um, go to dearaudrey.ca for, for more information on how to see the film later on. It is a uh, Cineflex Media and National Film Board of Canada co-production. Jeremiah Hayes, join me on the line from Montreal in Vancouver. I'm Joseph Plantev.